Well, hey, welcome to this episode of Digging Deeper. I'm here with Jean Glaude, our amazing, amazing creative director, producer, just kind of all around good guy, all around good guy. <laughs> but you've got to, I've got to say, you've really taken this whole liberty that we have in the new covenant, like we talked about this past weekend. If you're watching, mm-hmm. really seriously, yeah. I mean, you've got tattoos. How many tattoos do you have, John? Six or seven. Six or. I don't know what that means. I gotta. I. I don't. I have to spend some time counting. Okay. And so, okay. Let's count. One, two, three, four. All right. I'm done with that. Five, <laughs> six, six. I have six tattoos. Six tattoos. Yes. And how many tattoos does your water bottle have? For goodness' sake. Twenty-seven. If you're listening to this and you can't see this, his water bottle is absolutely covered. And I don't know what kind of message he's trying to give with all those messages, but there's a lot of them. Um. That I love the Lord. That you love the Lord. I love that. That's a great message. I love the Lord, Robert Pedroza, Connections Pastor at Rise City Church. If uh, people don't know who you are. There we go. Thank you you for a real casual intro for you there. I appreciate you so much. Yeah. Well, hey, we had an amazing time this last weekend. The format was so fresh and engaging. And if you enjoyed it, then I'm really glad for that. I hope it was something that you were able to glean from in a big way. But we talked through Acts chapter 10, verses 11, really kind of took this twist of of, you know, Peter's vision really kind of changed the way that we look at the law. Um, we had a Q&A, um, and I just wanted to start by going with our first question that didn't get to be asked this Sunday, but was asked later on on Facebook by Jacob Patino. And so, John, here's... Shout out. Hey. So here's a question for, for you. In first service, he says, we briefly talked about having friendships, relationships from with people who are not walking with God and are far from it. Could you elaborate elaborate on what it looks like to use discretion in those relationships in a practical sense and maybe share an example in your own life where you had to navigate being a follower of Jesus while also having a friendship with someone who was intently not? It's a great question. It is a great question. Um, and one that I don't think will ever be satisfied, on a, especially on a 20-minute podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I will say that there are songs... And I'll, I'll take the long way to get there. Okay. There are songs I feel like it necessarily aren't Christian songs, but that have spoken to my soul in a way like a worship song has. Um, maybe one of the ones I think of off the top of my head is like fix you by Coldplay. Like, I feel like I had a spiritual moment, like listening to that song. It was life giving to me. I think that within our friendship circles, it's important to find friends who are life giving to us. And sometimes they're Christian friends, and sometimes they're not. Um, but who is someone that, you know, just makes you want to be a better person? Who mm. is someone that you find yourself striving to uh, be a better husband, wife, friend, mentor, whatever? Um, and I think it's important as a Christian, like now let's get into specifically as a yeah. Christian, I think it is important to speak be in relationship with people who maybe don't call Jesus their Lord and Savior. Um, first couple reasons. One, um, how are you going to be a light if you're surrounded by light? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah. how is that possibly going to happen? Um, but then also, they're asking questions. They have, they don't understand why maybe, uh, you know, political or global Christians out there um, act a certain way. Sure. And so when you can be that just like flesh and bone to an idea that they hear of, um, it it personalizes it more. Mm-hmm. And so I would say that it's important um, 
I would say that it's important to have Christian friends because you need to, you really do become who you surround yourself with. Um, and the ideas and the principalities that you um, are constantly inundated with, you end up adopting. But nonetheless, we are called to be a light. Um, and so if within your friendship circles, you start to realize that they are always, uh, this is a really youth group example, but if they're always <laughs> cussing yeah, and then you start noticing that you are slipping out more cuss words more often, well, who's being the influencer and who's being the influencee? Yeah, it's Maybe it's time measure. to reconsider, hey, how much time do I spend with this person? But if another person who regularly is always cussing, like another youth, you know, or whatever, or they're always going one direction with their thoughts, but because you're around, they now second guess it or like they think about it a little bit longer, I would say, well, now you're being the influencer and that's important. So I hear you're, you're kind of saying one thing to measure really is which direction is the influence most flowing in? Yes. You know, are you being more influenced um, than you are influencing it as a light, as a Christian mm -hmm. and so forth? N now, and it's a tide, like it's, it's hard okay. to, it's hard to know in the moment if you are the influencer or the influencee, like sure. when you're in the water and you don't know if you're being swayed by the tide. But the way, the surefire way, and San Diego natives know this, or if you recently moved to San Diego, you'll learn this. You find out, oh, I'm by Lifeguard Tower 6. And you when you're in the water, you'll go and you go, I'm by Lifeguard Tower 6. Oh my gosh, I'm half a mile down the beach now. Mm -hmm. But your point was Lifeguard Tower 6. And so um, this, the Bible, I'm pointing to the Bible. Um, <laughs> this is our Lifeguard Tower 6. This is our point of reference to which we can. For that. Yeah. Good. Now, it seems like our world keeps on, it used to be that it was a little bit more mainstream to be a Christian and Christian ideals were a lot more mainstream. That's changing and it's changing a lot. Yeah. And suddenly the things that are more mainstream may not line up with what we would call how to live your life as a Christian. So how do you continue to be a light in places where it's not mainstream. It's not common anymore to hold on to the ideals that the word of God calls us to. How do you do that? Um, I think aggressively. Um, and what I mean by that is you hold fast to what the Bible calls true. Um, and there will be times where you are discredited because of that. And it used to be that Christians were like the, they had the moral high ground. People, yeah. they didn't, maybe they didn't want to be Christian, but they respected you for your values. Mm -hmm. you know, at, le at least you're, you try to be a good person. Yeah, it's good values, right? Good teachings. Now Christianity is almost seen as repressive. It's not the moral high ground. It's how dare you tell me what I can do with my body? How dare mm -hmm. you tell me what I can think about this thing? Christianity no longer holds the moral high ground. And we have to, um, as Christians, if we claim that the Bible is the word of God, if we claim that Jesus is our king, then we have to be willing to, no matter what, no matter what it makes us look like, whatever, we have to be able to hold on to that standard. Um, and so that's why I say aggressively, because... Um, well, let's clarify the, that the, word, because some people are going to say aggressively, that means that we should be... Mean? Combative. No. Mean. No. Um, Downputting, judgmental. The Bible talks about getting rid of the, the sin that clings so tightly. Mm -hmm. And I would say cling, tight, cling tighter to the ways of Jesus then sin is clean tight to you. It's hmm, good. Um, and so, th I mean, that would be how I word it. And, and again, yeah, you need to define aggressively because what I'm saying is like aggressively love your enemy. <laughs> yeah, have some. Like aggressively 
want better for them than you want for yourself. Like some tenacity, right? Yeah. Like, 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 like really grit. grip, grip onto what's right. Yeah. Even when everything else around you tells you that it's wrong. Yeah. And it's going to be hard. Like it will, it is going to be hard to, especially in today's American culture to stand for the word of God. Um, specific, but, but again, when you say stand for the word of God, you think it's like, uh, stand for your rights, stand for this, stand for, yeah. and it's like, no, stand for loving your enemy. Stand for love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Like those are the tenets in which we stand. Absolutely. On. Um, what would your answer be, or or what do you think? Like being a Christian in today's culture, where it is, it's it's um, countercultural to be a Christian. Like, how do you stand firm? How do you do that? So our call as a Christian is to be a disciple of Jesus. It's literally to be a little representation of who Jesus is. And so if you look at the life of Jesus as found in the word of God, as found in the, the Bible and New Testament, and the gospel accounts, you can start to see the character of Jesus. And it included both loving and grace and compassion and all those types of things. But it also included the Jesus that was tenacious. We love that word right now. Yeah. That was really kind of, you know, adamant about doing what was right and standing up for what was right. Even to the point where there's that story where he's flipping over tables in the temple courts because he's standing up for what the worship of God means and how, you know, the things should be set apart. And so he's constantly also upping the ante of even what the law of the Old Testament said. That's something we talked about a lot on Sunday was really discussed a lot was that Jesus didn't do away with the law. He didn't do away with Mm -mm. the Old Testament in the sense of the do's and don'ts necessarily. Sometimes we think that because we're under a new covenant that we have new allowance and liberty to do whatever we want. Jesus actually calls us to a higher standard. Mm -hmm. And so when, you know, when he says things like you may have heard that you shouldn't murder, he goes on and says, I'm going to tell you and take it a step further. If you've had hate in your heart towards a brother, you've already committed murder. You might've heard don't commit adultery, but I'm telling you, if you've had lust in your heart about a woman who is not, or a man who is not your spouse, then you've already committed adultery in your heart. It starts there. He takes it to a deeper level. So Jesus doesn't give us a cop out of holiness because we're underneath a new covenant. He actually elevates the standard of what it looks like to be a Christian because no longer are we supposed to be just obedient to the law now we need to be just like jesus and Um, that's a much bigger thing i uh there's someone i really like to read about or read um, his work uh his name is john mark comer um and he has a book called live no lies yeah um and i feel like it's very important to talk about this if we're talking about a new covenant a Mm -hmm. new law a new way of life right um it is so easy to be like, oh, okay, well, the way is love, and I think love is this, so let me let me spout this to everyone. This mm-hmm. is what love is. Um, and in Live No Lies, John Mark Comer talks about there's three enemies to our soul. It's the world, it's the flesh, it's the devil. Okay. Um, and so I think that it's very important to remember as we look into this freedom this freedom found in Jesus Christ, this freedom to live a life um, without the bondage of sin on top of us. It's so important to go to Galatians and specifically like Galatians five. And we were talking about this beforehand, like Galatians regularly talks about, um, Hey, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Now don't, let this burden of sin like become a yoke of slavery upon you. Like, and don't also don't let your freedom be an excuse for your unrighteousness. Sin, yeah. yeah. Like, like the 
And that's where we forget is we forget there's another player in this. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, Jesus made me free. And now I walk around this earth free. It's like, yeah. And then you have an enemy Mm -hmm. who hates you and hates the image of God Mm -hmm. and wants to destroy what God wants to do in your life. And so he's going to make things that seem right to you seem okay. Um, And that's where the importance of falling on the word of God for a Christian is. Um, I think in the, in the idea of unhitching the old Testament or whatever, like we were talking about this earlier as well, like the old Testament, we find the heart of God over and Mm -hmm. over and over and over. And so, yeah, some of the laws, some of the ways of not eating pork or bacon or whatever uh, don't apply to us anymore. Um, but God's heart for the lost, God's heart for being an example for people who are around you. Um, there's a whole book of the Bible about Jonah who is going to a people who aren't God's people and yeah. and and proclaiming repentance of their sins and they experience this crazy revival. Like God's heart is all over the Old Testament. And so it's not a, that's gone, that's done, that God doesn't exist anymore. No, God's heart has always been for bringing the lost home. Um and that's found all over the Old Testament. And so I don't think it's this like, unhitch the Old Testament, get rid of it, let's only live by this law of grace. I think that we live by grace and we're informed through the Old Testament. So since you know we're underneath this new covenant, and Pete talked about this actually a lot on Sunday, this idea that now, you know, he, he kind of said, and people might ask him the question, well, what part of the Old Testament do we still need to abide by then? And his answer was none of it, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. It's pretty all encompassing on that, that sense. intense. Yeah. But, I literally came to him afterwards. I'm like, none of it? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? But he, he kept on going yeah. and he said, well, there's things in the New Testament that reiterate and actually emphasize to a deeper level the law and the Old Testament and, that, and those things. Now, if something isn't mentioned in the New Testament, how do we judge? Like, what is our beacon? What is our lifeguard tower six now? for those things that aren't mentioned in the New Testament, but there's things that we know are still right and still wrong. And there's still that heart of God that's there that's never changed. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What's our beacon now for those things that the New Testament does not clearly mention? Um, I'm going to go on record and say, I don't know. <laughs> um, but that's I do good. know that the bride of Christ, the church, mm-hmm. um, is imperfect because it's full of imperfect people. Yeah. Um, but our head is perfect. And if what we're doing is becoming the best we can to resemble him, the, the head, head is Jesus, the yep. head is Jesus. Yes. Um, that it might be messy. <laughs> it might be, but, but I'm going to, for a lot of things, and this maybe is a cop out. I don't know, but for a lot of things, I'm going to kind of trust the, not the general consensus of the church, but I'm going to trust that the church as a capital C um, what they've come to understand and know of the word of God, I'm going to trust that God is working through his church and maybe he's revealed wisdom through it. Now that is a cop out of an answer because I don't know, but I, I, it's enough for me to feel confident in moving forward because if I imagine not having any truth at all Mm -hmm. and how crippling and terrifying that would be. Yeah. There's an element of like, okay, I, base my life based on this truth, this foundation. And from there I can take a step forward in confidence. Well, then let me ask you another question. Okay. <laughs> I would to, love to hear your answer by the way. To that? Yeah. Well, well, let me first ask this other yeah. question. Then we'll, we'll circle back around what role, cause this kind of answers that question. Then what role does the Holy spirit play now that we have the Holy spirit abiding with us? 
what role does that play now in helping us understand what really is objectively, authoritatively moral and immoral? Uh, I would, I, the Holy Spirit confirms what was revealed through the scriptures. Mm -hmm. Um, The Holy Spirit implants on our heart the law of God that he placed within his scriptures. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Holy Spirit does not contradict the other members of the Trinity. Mm -hmm. So God, the father, uh, who's, you know, his big moment is the old Testament, (laughs) if you will. Um, Jesus Christ, whose big moment is the new Testament, if you will. Um, that is a very crude way of saying it, but I don't, (laughs) I don't theologically, I don't believe that I was, yeah. Um, but I would just say that like the Holy spirit is in confirmation and in, in support, in perfect submission to God, the father and God, the son. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the Holy spirit is not going to give us some like new revelation that wasn't found in scripture already. It's not going to be some like, um, now I think, you know, I'm returning to, uh, whatever. I don't know. Beef is bad. Like the Holy Spirit's not going to go. Beef is bad now, everyone. It's like, well, no, Jesus has already revealed and through the vision of Peter that all food is okay. You know, it, the Holy Spirit's not going to contradict what was already revealed in scripture. So there's a confirmation piece. I think there's also a guiding piece that happens with the Holy Spirit. Now this is a, piece that like especially on a something public like this that's going to go on the internet i'm a little bit like scared to say because i know how much it's abused i know how many times i've heard people say things like well the holy spirit showed me that i'm supposed to marry you <laughs> have you ever heard that one before mm-hmm. um i'm sure with your good looks right but <laughs> you know or or you know the spirit told me that it's okay for me to do this to or, the five people i told that i'm really sorry <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> wow the <laughs> confession you've heard it here first okay it's going on tmz later oh, on okay. but it was no i'm just kidding no you know but we can take so much liberty and there's so much manipulation that can happen when you say that there's a guiding factor to the holy spirit that starts to show you what's right and what's wrong and where you should go and where you should stay away from the people you should be with and how much you should be with them all those judgment calls there's a a guiding part to that but the truth is is that the holy spirit is a guide and it is a a beacon it is um he is a voice that is speaking in your life in a way that makes you more and more like jesus this might be um i process things out loud okay um so on a podcast that's terrible because i might say something and then be like actually i don't agree with that but I'm going to say it and see how it feels. Okay. Um, the Holy Spirit cares more about how you get somewhere, not where you go. In the sense of hmm. okay. a lot of people yeah, are asking, God, what do you want next for me? Do you want me to go to college? Do you want me to go to trade school? Do you want me to go straight into the workforce? Um, God, do you want me to go to Chipotle or Chick-fil-A for lunch? That's a hard one because Chick-fil-A is God's food, but Chipotle is blessed. <laughs> Amen. Forever. Um, but it's like, it's the, they, they like, they're asking like, God, where do you want me to go? And I feel like the Holy Spirit's like, just go. But as you go, be loving, mm-hmm. life giving, you know, like, yeah. you know, and so I feel like, um, when we're looking to the Holy Spirit to like, God, like, do I marry that person? The Holy Spirit's like, well, if you marry them, love them like Christ loved the church, <laughs> you know, like yeah. go about how you do it. Not necessarily that destination point. 
Well, and from a from a moral beacon, if you're trying to figure out what's the right thing, what's the wrong thing, what actually is good, what's not good, um, Galatians five gives us a great list, and really, but more than that, I think it gives us the heart and the spirit of it as well, where it kind of tells us don't do things that gratify the desires of the flesh. Yeah, and the truth is, is that it gives us a list of things, but we also know when there's things that are gratifying for our flesh that just feel good and we know that we're just doing it because it feels good or it's most convenient or most comfortable or the path of least resistance but the bible tells us instead to live by the spirit and if we're living by the spirit jesus's life on earth was not necessarily an easygoing life Mm which means that he was swimming upstream in a lot of ways. He was countercultural in every way almost, right? He was constantly challenging, like, you know, we were talking about this before, both sides of the fence. He was challenging both the the super pious as well as the ones that were just living however they wanted to. He was challenging on both those things because he brought in a whole new way. And he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one gets to the Father except for me, but it's a whole new different things from what you're thinking. It's an elevated standard from what you've always been living by. And the truth is, is that you don't want to live by things that just gratify the desires of the flesh, because then you'll only be limited by what your flesh can give you. But instead it says to live by the spirit and the fruits of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it says, actually, I love this against such things. There is no law. And so it's no longer an issue of law or liberty. It's actually, are you living by the spirit? Now there's an ability for people to really manipulate that, which is why I say there's a little bit of um, tenderness with making a statement like that. But I want to encourage you. I think that it's huge. Um, and, and I think you'd agree too, right? It's a huge thing to really uh, understand what the spirit of God is and who he is, and how to live according to where he leads you. And the only way that you do that is by spending more and more time in the presence and and the recognition of living according to the spirit, not according to the flesh. Yeah, I think that, you know, even within, um, I don't know if it's Galatians, I think it's Galatians, the the mindset on the spirit is life, the mindset on the flesh is death. Hmm. Um, And so it's just like, if you want to find, and we want life. And so mm-hmm. it's like, it's not saying that all good things are gone. When you're a Christian, deny all good things, only enjoy, only do bad things, like only do hard things um, because that's what Jesus wants from you. Like the mindset on the spirit is life. Mm-hmm. It is life. Like there, there is a joy and, and you know, joy, peace, patience, kindness, mm-hmm. good. Like that living that life, it's a good life. It's just not the one that we want naturally. <laughs> no. Naturally, we, we fall for really, really shadow shallow substitutions we find we we want joy but we settle for happiness you know we want love but we settle for affection like they're they're shallow uh shallow imitations of what god is calling that's us right to. you know I, and, and i'll close with this the bible redefines even what joy is it says the presence of the lord mm-hmm. that's where the fullness of joy is at yeah. and so so what we might call joyful which is going to disneyland or going to our favorite taco spot um here in san diego or something like that really the truth is is that in the presence of the lord there's fullness of joy mm-hmm. there's a redefining of all those things that take it to a deeper level and so i hope that we have successfully dug deeper during this episode on a conversation that was amazing on Sunday. If you haven't 
watched it, you should go back and watch it. This um, is almost Digging Deeper 2.0 because it almost felt like the first it one really was did. Digging it Deeper. It really did. So next Sunday will not be a Digging Deeper, but the next Tuesday will be a Digging Deeper. So make sure to join us back for that. We'll see you then.